that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to the return edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.com and of course the tote.co.uk all the way through the jump season 2223. I season. forgot where I was. Uh, yeah, I know. And it's the flat. <laughs> Thanks, Dermot. Dermot <laughs> Nolan is here. Hello, Dino. How are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, remarkably, we've returned after Cheltenham with a, a, a minor sabbatical and uh, to, to come back to the joys of an all flat scoop six, an all flat 250k. <laughs> Uh, play spot from the tote and uh, yeah probably an all flat fantasy as well Jamie Benson yeah it is I mean I feel a bit lost and uh, I mean you, if you couldn't remember what year it was I mean that feels about about right for that's what happens yeah heavy, that is what happens. ground at Donny in the flats back so yeah Hey, look, let's uh, let's do a quick kind of post-mortem after after Cheltenham. Uh, A couple of whopping place pots went uh, didn't go our way, but they went somebody's way. 14k in the bones of 25k over the four days at the Cheltenham Festival. One of those, I think, is the fourth biggest in festival records. Uh, Any great stories to tell, Jamie? You must have landed at least one of them. (laughs) Did I bollocks? No, no, no. No. As as regularly stated, and probably shouldn't state on a place pot preview pod. Uh, my place spot yeah. record's pretty average. Um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there were some great stories that came out of it. A couple of brothers had had um, had it for two quid in a lucky pick. Wallet. What? Yeah, the, there was there was all sorts going on. People winning 50 grand hit left, right and centre. On the 25 grand day, on, uh, I think we had three people on course win it separately for a pound or more. And, uh, <gasps> Not quick picks now themselves no, actually like found two it. of them were themselves but one of them was a quick pick as well like wow it um it was absolute scenes our pr people were running around desperately asking me permission to speak to people whilst i was to the wrong side of eight pints in the guinness village <laughs> yeah you'd be no good <laughs> um, but yeah no it was it was unbelievable um you know we uh, as a business did our absolute spuds on topping it up um <laughs> to, to, hey that's the point um, though Jeez, you would have got so many new new uh, new players yeah, who right. are engaging with that with that product for the first time, or maybe only at the time that they're at the race course. That's what it's about. Exactly, and you get these big dividends, and you know they were well earned. You know, it was those. It was the Thursday and the Friday, wasn't it? Or, yeah, and um, you that's, know. that's when it gets tough. That's when the the casuals are the ones that that pick it up. Us pros, we we make our money on Tuesday and Wednesday. <laughs> Speak yourself, mate. Casual punter extraordinaire Jamie Benson only made money on the Thursday. So, <laughs> wow, yeah. Uh, look, it was it was a great festival, was- spectacle wise, and uh, and of course uh, with the tote. Did you win one of the fantasies over the the course of the Cheltenham, Jamie? No, I I hit hit the crossbar a bit on Thursday, but um, some of the some of the people who won were absolutely it was it was absurd. They were profligate with their stable stars and stewards, stewards inquiring horses coming first. You know. Have, on the Thursday, I think the lad didn't have like had three horses come unplaced, but then uh, but then sort of only had the four. Win- it was it was all sorts of scenes everywhere, was, you know, big big uh, prizes as well. I think fifteen hundred quid was one of the jackpots on the day, and nice. but yeah, no, it was um, it was great. It was a big week for fantasy, and um, you know, quiet enough now. But I'm sure the pools will start building up over Fairy House, and then um, and then obviously onto Aintree the week after as well. 
Yeah, and we're all just starting to get our head into the flat, right? But we've got some great jumping stuff to come. That is not the subject of this week's uh, yeah. podcast, of course, this Friday one, because we all know the drill by now. And we've got the hardest play spot card of the season anyway, I reckon, because it includes things like the Brocklesby, where you've got, what, 18-odd runners and uh, and no form to go on. So it's all guesswork. You've got uh, the Lincoln. You've got some massive handicaps and an all-flat scoop six. So uh, myself, Demo and Jamie are going give to this, give this a whirl. Um, Demo, I know you've been studying hard. I know that. I do. Yeah, we yeah. certainly have. Yeah. Well, look, the place spot is guaranteed for 250K. It does come from Doncaster. We are not going to be able to do this with one horse per race, I'm sure. And uh, my insight might be limited, as might Dermo's. But Jamie, of course, busy man as he is, has been uh, uh, battering away at all this. So I reckon we'll, we'll have a good go at this. All right. Look, it does kick off with the Brockles be the 150 is leg one, of course. Um, yeah. As I said, Dermo, there's 18 runners and uh, you've never seen one of them. We've never seen a single one of them, Dean. No, so uh, yeah, not the uh, not the the best start, but yeah, I'm I, I'm happy here though to opt with uh, loaded gun for David Probert and Andrew Balding. Obviously, Andrew Balding is uh, fantastic with with two year olds. His sire Magna Grisha, uh, won first time out. Temerity, his dam has won on soft, which is obviously needed as well for the weekend. And also, she she ran well in her first start and ran. Uh, one to second start. Magna Grisha, obviously a new sire, but um, first runner was out recently, Mike Honian, and ran for Amy Murphy over in France and won first time out, which is obviously a, a very good sign for a new sire like that. So loaded gun for me, Dean, but uh, I definitely wouldn't be putting that loaded gun against my head to make sure <laughs> <laughs> to uh, to make sure I was back in it or not. Hey, look, your gun was loaded with stats, Dermo. It's an impressive start, I have to say. Um, yeah, I, I had an angle here, right, before I come to Jamie, yeah? There's only there's only two horses in the field that have got uh, any kind of aid added, right? Now, normally, you'd let a horse have a run or two, see what, see what they need. But I reckon David Evans knows exactly what his two needs, and he's got go-to-work and part-time Britain. One of those is going in. Jamie Benson, if you're rowing in behind them, make it easier. Behave. Uh, how on earth are we both on the same rag in the Brocklesby? Oh, I like. Go I don't to, know. I like go to work. Um, I love it. But for David Evans, who my mate of mine calls him Monday Dave because um, he likes winning horses, uh, horses winning on Monday and then going in on a penalty on Thursday and Fridays. Um, Clever. But he might have a winner on Saturday here because um, I completely agree. I love the first time. The first time out is in a tongue tie and a hood. I mean, oh yeah, no messing about. Like this one is going to go. Yeah, this is off its <laughs> yeah. life, right? And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's Inns of Court, which wouldn't be the most sexy stallion when you look at um, when you look at sort of Star Spangled Banner, Banner at the top. But um, you know, I think the the precocity angle is slightly overbet on the on the um, uh, ammo racing ones. You know, it's well known that they like them to win first time up, and yeah, I'm happy enough taking him on at six to four. Uh, loaded gun would have been my my sort of pick at the front of the market so like that but yeah the price is he's around 18 to 1 um go to work for monday dave to win on a saturday uh, it, it's it's on my list so like go to work and loaded gun are we happy with two i mean are, are we being foolish leaving out the fav i mean I quite, yes i quite fancy it like I quite, <laughs> yes i quite fancy leaving them out but that's also why i'm shy to the place spot Let's, it's let's a big day for El Kevin Stott as well, isn't it? That's a, oh, it that's is, a big yeah. job at Ammo Racing. So to uh, to get that that new relationship off to a good start in the Brocklesby would be uh, yeah be quite good. Hey, look, let's be honest. The market knows plenty more than we do, right? And I know you've said that the angle is probably over bet, but Faladero is six to four, and it's like loaded gun next, and then go find them. 
So, yeah, I'm, I'm throwing it in. We've got three in. All right. Yeah. Three in the first. All right. 225 then is the spring mile. Um, <laughs> this, this is not simple. Uh, Jamie, I'll let you go first here. You've got loads of old favorites to work with, plenty um, who are probably still hiding a little bit behind, and a few would be disappointed they're not in the bigger then. Yeah. And in terms of sort of near the front of the market, I w- it all felt like a bit of a much from a muchness. Broken Spear might get my vote, but probably Arthur's Realm is more solid uh, from a place pot point of view. But the one I'll be backing uh, is is going to be a big old price, and that's Warning Sign for Gary Moore. Um, he's only run twice in this country, um, beaten both times um, in handicap company. He's dropped two pounds. That was off a toughish looking opening mark of 85. He's dropped down to 83. Um, he won his first ever race as a two-year-old on heavy at Toulouse. So the ground, which will be a very specific test on Saturday, like it's going to be absolutely yeah. bottomless at Donny. So someone, the horse that you know will handle those conditions um, is so important, which he will. And and also, like some of these yards will have been quite enough over the winter, but obviously trained by Gary Moore, a dual-purpose trainer, so you know that he would have had plenty ticking away. And if he wants to have him fit at home, he will be fit. So I think you know, he's around 33 to 1. I wouldn't mind wouldn't mind that each way a warning sign. I'm going to put it in because there are no bad uh, options in this. I think you can be as wild as you want, and uh, it, it makes a decent case. So warning sign can go in. Now that's a left field one. Damn, you got something closer to the front. Uh, yeah, the gatekeeper Dean. The last two winners of this race had come into this uh, quite well warmed up, and both of them ran at Newcastle. The gatekeeper won at Newcastle, and it rained quite heavy, so it was actually quite slow there that night. Standard slash um, slash stu- slow. Mm. And he ran a absolute blinder, obviously, to win. Uh, four-year-olds of Mark Johnson's, obviously now Charlie Johnson, they tend to kick on an awful lot, um, massively so. Now, he's gone up seven pounds for that, but just that bit of fitness to him, because a good few of the top of the market here, uh, the top two in a Baltimore Bay and Isla Kyle don't have that behind him. So the gatekeeper won't be stopping. We know that with these yards, he looked like he'll handle the ground. Now, we don't know that for sure, obviously, but last time he handled what was what was as testing as it gets up. On that all-weather track, obviously, but um, the gatekeeper here. Okay, Joe so Johnston and Andrea Zini with the gatekeeper obviously got that penalty um, to carry here. Um, okay, the, uh, the only one I wanted to, to throw into the mix, one that I think is quite interesting, is Baltimore Boy. Um, pretty unexposed, obviously only had the one spin on uh, turf, and that was good to sort of ask, got ran in behind Raising Sander, the old boys back in there as well. Um, I would be looking to put that in, but we've got two in there. The gatekeeper's front enough in the market. I'm concerned whether we end this up being absolutely huge. But for now, I'll put Baltimore Boy in the mixer. I do have quite a strong one for the next race, though. The Camage Trophy is at three o'clock. It's leg three of the Donny play spot. And uh, I'm a massive fan of El Caballo. Can anyone put me off making this a nap this weekend? Uh, yeah, I like Asiad. Um okay. Just this horse has been really improving um, second over course and distance last year from a place by point of view on soft ground as well. Uh, made a re- winning reappearance this time last year in red car. Um, yeah, like he really stepped up last season for this yard. He's a very good trainer is uh, is James Horton. And um, Asyad is stepping out of handicap company up to this level now. And El Caballo is definitely the one to beat. There was only one one blemish to him really was in a Commonwealth Cup, which isn't something you can you can mock someone for. But uh, sure, Asyad, like yeah, yeah, Asyad ticks an awful lot of boxes here. So I think uh, 
I'd be putting him in anyway, Dean, because he's very solid. All right, resistance to my uh, nap suggestion of El Caballo. Jamie, what do you reckon? I mean, I'm probably happy enough to run with you lads here. My, my small preference was for Comanche Falls, unhelpfully. Um, just as sort of... Okay, a, that does not help. Yeah, I know, I know. At the ratings, he's sort of joint top at the weights. Uh, he won the Stewart's, Stewart's Cup on soft ground. Uh, that was off a rating of 101. Um, he's three wins in the second from four starts when first time out um, in his season. And so I, I thought he was solid, but I, I wouldn't fancy him massively. And there's an argument to be made that he might be a small bit regressive. Um, so Asjad and El Caballo, I don't mind them at all. Um, El Caballo won, a, won as a, a two-year-old on soft at Carlisle. That's right. You know, he, he, he won't mind that. I think they're both rock solid. I'm happy with those two. Okay, so go on. Demo. A small bit uh, regressive kind of sums up this podcast as well, doesn't it? <laughs> ah, we just stopped. Can you regress from a fifth mark of 50? <laughs> oh, I made it worse. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's very We're going to be running in Jersey yeah, over a summer as well. It's going to be. Oh, dear, yeah. Leyland. Leyland is up next for us for a, a maiden hurdle. Right, if you missed the first flight. Paddy Asma could, could actually be on board anyway, so it's all good. Yeah, yeah. If you missed the first flight there, you're over the cliff. And uh, that could happen to us after. Um, okay, so that's the cameras. Look, I've gone with El Caballo and Azjad, but you know we got we got to start uh, stripping this down to a smaller perm. And what better race to do it than the Lincoln? That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Demo, hit me with the Lincoln thoughts. Uh, this is yeah, what an absolute race this is. Um, an absolute peach altogether. Um, yeah, look, Allwell is the one. He like he made an absolute like a joke of that mark in '93 at uh, at Red Car again last year, actually. One hundred percent. This is the one. I think. Yeah, he yeah. he just looks 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 very very hard to stop here. So, um, to be honest, was I've gone through and through and through this race again. It's um, it's very hard to to kind of to look away from him. If there is one, it would be Baradar, but for George Bowie. But look, he's not um, he's not exactly uh, unexposed either. So yeah, all well, Dean. I just I struggle to see past him. I'd be happy to nap this horse. This is also the first race of the Dandy Nap uh, Handicap Tipping Competition on Twitter, which is getting unbelievable traction uh, this year, all for a good cause, of course. And even Jamie Benson and the Fancy have stepped in and uh, and thrown some prizes their way. So, Jamie, you must have spent ages on the Lincoln in preparation for trying to win this Dandy Nap competition. I think you can spend as long as you want without it really enhancing your chances of winning it. But Just yeah. back out well. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, I... I the first one I landed on was was Baradar as well. Um, okay. Following on from his his win here again, this it, you know there's a bit of a theme here that I think the conditions are going to be quite specific. And he won on heavy ground at Donny in November. He's only up four pounds for that. That was his first start for New Yard. Um, you know I think he's solid, but I, I wonder whether he has that much more to find. The one uh, the one that I ended up coming down on is my pick, um, and I'll I'd say probably my bet of the day actually. Ooh. Um, is is Bo Pedro? Um, so he's uh, he's having a second run. Uh, sorry, not second run. He's having he's ugh, let me start that again. For, for God's sake, Benson, start your best bet. <laughs> total, total bollocks. Anyway. As I said, regressive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Former Jessica Harrington trained Bo Pedro is yeah, having his sixth start for David O'Mari. Yeah. There you go. Thank God you're here, Dino. Um, and he was second, so he was second to Totally Charming last time. Totally yeah. Charming was then, you know, near enough fab or fab for the Irish link, and he was seventh, beaten two and a bit lengths. Like that was a very respectable run. That was off one hundred and four, which was eight pounds higher. 
uh, than when he beat Bo Pedro. Bo Pedro, however, has only gone up one pound for that. Uh, he's running off 97. He won an Irish Cambridgeshire convincingly off 94. He was then third in a, in a Premier handicap off 103. 97 is very much within his, his range for, for winning. You know he handles heavy ground at Donny after that second. And basically, I just think he's bang there. I, I can't really see him outside the frame and he's 20, 20 to 1. So for the master, David O'Mara, um, I, I really like Bo Pedro. Love it. Can't not put it in after that, to be honest. So uh, yeah. Awal will win and Bo Pedro can pick up something uh, to get us two lines through, we reckon. That's myself and uh, and Dermo on the, the most obvious train in the Lincoln. Okay, look, we're going to have to now be pretty selective. But the races perhaps get easier because the, the mile stakes, the, the listed race, uh, comes up at 4.10. Uh, market leader here is an unbeaten four-year-old for Simon and Chrisford and James Doyle. And uh, it's Poker Face. Demo. Uh, yeah, Dean, this 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 race has really, really hurt my head. Um, and that doesn't take a whole lot these days, but still, it's uh, it's quite tough. Um, I was actually happy here to row in behind the Richard Hannon trained uh, Takari uh, Bay. Yeah. Um, thought that was that, that was a perfectly acceptable run back last time. The market spoke that he probably wasn't all all that fancied, and this is a horse who has won on soft before. Um. And he's a horse that just, I think there could still be a little bit more upside in him as as a four-year-old. So I was happy here with uh, with Takarib Boy. Bay. Okay, Takarib Bay then for Richard Hannon and Sean Levy. But we, we need to strip this down. You know, Poker Face should be in it. Well, Jamie, what do you think? I was also on Takarib Bay. Um, uh, race, race, fantastic. Race fit, soft at Haydock is bloody soft. So no concerns there. Um, yeah, I just thought he looked the value against... I mean, the, the, you don't know. I mean, Poker Face is rated 101 now. He could end up being yep. a 115 horse. Takaru Bay is probably not going to be a 115 horse. But I think I think he's rock solid. I can't... The only trouble is that here, it's only seven runners, so it's a two-play. That's it. That's it. But That's... Yeah. I mean, I'd be happy if we need to slip, slip it down just having Takaru Bay. I don't think, Dino, you'd be quite as happy with that. But <laughs> Hey, look, I'm, I'm used to it at this point. So, uh, yeah. Takaru Bay, number four goes in as the nap can we find another one in uh, the, the impossibly tricky maiden that follows jamie can we I mean, 445 there aren't any prices up yet but i'm assuming astrodome is going to be short as you like you know out of uh, 1.2 million pound colt out of um somi dar you know what more do you want it's probably why there is no prices about because everyone is running scared of exactly what price they yeah. should be i mean i wonder whether he would run on bottomless ground at Donny first time out when you're a 1.2 million pound Colt. Um, I mean, there were a couple of others that I thought were interesting in there. Uh, Carlton um, is from a strong uh, German family. So plenty of stamina and plenty of um, soft ground form in his, in his pedigree. And then also um, for Pam Sly against the, the might of um, John Gosden and Godolphin and all sorts going on. Uh, with Wintercrack, who's out of who's out of a thousand guineas winner, Speciosa. Yep. Um, and uh, she she looked like she just needed further um, on her debut at Subtle last season as a two year old. And I wonder whether she could just be a big price and, and run a big race again, handling that soft ground reasonably well. So plenty thrown in there. You should, we should probably have Astrodome in just for the limitation of of. Um, of runners, but I'll be probably looking to bet elsewhere on the day. 
No, I understand that completely. What I'd written down next to this in preparation was unnamed fav. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, literally, I just spoke bollocks for God knows how long there, and that is the conclusion. I completely agree. That's where I ended up. You could go a different way. You could put in both of John and Thady Gosden's runners, and uh, if Astrodome doesn't pop up, you're probably on, well, you're on Carlton twice and probably safe. But, Demo, what did you reckon? Uh, I quite like Roost here. Um, oh. That was a big run and heavy on his first start at Haydock and then came out last time it was second. He'll improve this season. So to see the moon. Um, I just thought that he, he has the experience. In these kind of races, I always tend to try and find the ones with a bit of experience that have shown something. Now, sure. There is a few, but he's he's been steadily improving. He handles the ground. We know that. Um, I quite like him, yeah. I, always think Ross Ryan rides uh, Doncaster very well. He rode the first two winners on this card last season. Um, yeah, he'd be one that I'd be putting in here, but honestly, I'd be happy enough now if he naps something else, but he'd be one that I'd be keen to put in in here. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. Um, yeah. We're, we're, look, how big is the perm before we get here, right? Three times three, six times two is 12 times two is 24 times one is 24. It's not the, it's not the worst. It's not the worst. Did you did you open that by saying three three times three is six? Oh, sorry, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do I do that? That's weird. We are killing. <laughs> Let's go again. Yeah. Uh, okay. Three times three is nine. Times two is eighteen. Times two is thirty-six. So it's still not the worst, but it's it's worse than we thought. Yeah. If that makes so sense. So what we have yeah. two in there brings it to seventy-two. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. So Gosh. roost and Carlton. do we go? Unnamed Fav, or do we just go Carlton yeah. thinking? Roost, that? Roost and Unnamed Fav, let's do that. And then the, the Fav will be one of Astro Dome or Carlton. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. And Roost, okay. Roost is a nice place by Angle as well. I like that. Very much so, yeah. I think he's spot on there with the experience, bit of ground knowledge. Everything's good in that one. And, you know, Pam Sly's obviously got her homebred in there, which is fascinating from Betting Angle. So we'll keep that one in the mixer. Okay. We got there. We definitely got there. <clears throat> um, it's a decent enough pot, but I think one of the trickiest of the whole season. I don't doubt. Anything else going on this weekend, Demo, that we uh, need to keep an eye on? It's going to be very light on jumps action now for a few days until, of course, we get to Fairy House, which is not far away. Yeah, the Ulster National is on Sunday, Dean, at yep. Patrick. People will remember possibly that this was one of the first cards back after uh, covid uh, we were all very excited about a card at Downpatrick, which is uh, obviously a great, great course, but the uh, the excitement was uh, was quite exceptional. Um, and there's actually there's two on that card that I actually like. Um, oh, yeah. In the Ulster National, this is obviously a, a, a very decent race. There's a few here backing up from Cheltenham for Gordon Elliott. Now, Gordon Elliott has a, a real mix of jockeys now because obviously he keeps losing all his, his, uh, yep. his jockeys at the moment to the injury. Uh, but one here that could be an absolutely huge price is my design for uh, Declan Keeley. Uh, this is a this is a good mare, very very good mare. She's been third to Tiopu this season, now a distance back obviously, but still that was very very decent standard. Second to Backison last time, and I always thought that there was there was a bit more to her now as she was to step up. Uh, last season she beat um, Hatorier uh, of Willie Mullins's, again a very decent mare, and just for, for a race like this where a good few of these will have been running all season and everything else. Now, she's been busy, but she's better when she's kept busy. And um, she's just she could just be a big, big price here. So my design at 4 o'clock on, um, on Sunday. Yep. And then the other one is in the two 
2.15 at Downpatrick. Uh, this, again, is a serious, uh, seriously competitive race. 13 runners, but in the two, um, 2.15, sorry, uh, a fruit blossom there for Gordon Elliott and seven-pound claimer Danny Gilligan. Um, last time, this horse was third, a turless, ran a very, very decent race. Um, only joined Gordon Elliott um, last summer, and these horses are the ones that, that just can visibly improve all of a sudden. So with very decent seven-pound claimer up on his back, claimer weight in a very, very winnable race. A fruit blossom at 2.15, Dean, and in my design at 4 o'clock, both at Downpatrick on Sunday. Nice, nice. I, I thought it was an eye-catching booking. I think um, Michael O'Sullivan's on um, Fakira in that Ulster National. I, I would have loved Fakira for this had Fakira not ran in the Three Mile Six or Tilton. Yeah, agreed. But, you know, they probably wanted a day out there. I think the run before yeah. that behind uh, Royal Thief, where um, where I couldn't believe it lost. You know, if it's, yes, if it's, travelled if it's, in like the absolute winner the whole yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, if, it's, yeah. if it's none of the worst, that looks like an ideal race for it. Um, Jamie, I think you said you're one of your best bets of the weekend, obviously, Bo Pedro in the Lincoln. But anything else elsewhere? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with Dermo on the concerns about um, horses backing out quickly after Cheltenham. Yeah. Um, I would have liked punitive here, but a, again, similar to the concerns. Um, I've, I've got a couple of at uh, Ascot that I quite like, having, having just said about the concern backing up from Cheltenham, but there's a juvenile <laughs> handicap hurdle, which is um, which is basically a rerun of the Boodles, but for all the English horses. Um, yep. And uh, I would like Samuel Spade if he'd gone here, but he's not being decked. Um, I think he's well handicapped on his form with Perseus Way, but in, in the absence of him, uh, Mr. Freedom for Sheena West was eye-catching in every way. Uh, the, sad, yep. the saddle slipped after the first, apparently. Um, and yet still managed to finish fifth um, in the Boodles, which was a mighty run. So I think he's very interesting in the three o'clock at Ascot. Uh, and then in the um, three, uh, 445, uh, no, not 445, Wobble. I'm trying to find the, the card. Uh, handicap chase? It's a two-mile handicap chase anyway. Um, yeah, that's uh, uh, 3.35, Dolos yeah, and all those. Yeah, absolutely. I think Dolos will make this market. Um, mm-hmm. it's well known how much uh, those connections like challenge, uh, like targeting Ascot. Um, however, I think Corrigine Rock is a well-handicapped horse. Um, this sort of tr- uh, trip and track, I think, will suit him coming all the way down from up north. He was second last time. I think he's uh, he's much better handicapped uh, on form with Excitation. Another, another Pam's, Pam's Sly horse, and I just think Corrigine Rock will probably go underrated by the market. But is rock solid if you pun Jesus, that was an awful pun. That you can tell that was by accident. Um, in the 335 at Ascot, there <laughs> solid as a rock, love it. Um, okay, um, I only had one other horse that I'm looking forward to running this weekend. That's it, Ascot in that 520. So, psycho, uh, for Paul Nichols and Angus Chalade, of course, they're all a bit scared of pricing these up at the minute. And that juvenile race you mentioned, I mean, there's some bubbles need to be uh restored to form a glory, don't they? For the likes of Bad and Pantel del Est. Um, yeah, so there is some other fascinating stuff uh, going on around the place. Demo, your best of the weekend? My best bet of the weekend um, would probably be uh, Fruit Blossom uh, at Downpatrick. Lovely. Jamie, do you want to stick with Bo Pedro or one of those you just mentioned? No, Bo, Bo Pedro and the Lincoln each way. Okay. Bo Pedro and the Lincoln each way. Serious value, that big double-figure price. Um, I, I honestly think El Caballo take an absolute world to stop him. In the in the three o'clock at Donny, and I wouldn't get involved in too much flat stuff, uh, but I'll be all over that. 
there, there won't be a price that will stop me, I don't think. Also, I'd say, because um, you, you guys liked a while, the Fab in, in the Lincoln as well, if you put him and Bo Pedro and then a couple of others, um, you know, maybe Baradar and, and a couple of others in the trifecta perm, the trifecta rollover race is, is, is the Lincoln. There's only about nine grand in it, but that's still decent enough and it should pay at least 50% more than the Tricast. So um, that's, that's an interesting play, I reckon. Nice. Well, we've got two of the first three already. So we're laughing. <laughs> just just find the third one home and you job done. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Should be able to manage that. Should absolutely be able to manage that. Okay. So uh, obviously, if you get involved this weekend, 250K guaranteed play spot at Doncaster. There is the tote fantasy. The scoop six is across all the flat racing, of course, including a couple of contests from Kempton. Uh, there's a good bit on uh, Ascot and, of course, with the Ulster National. Hopefully, we've steered you in the right kind of direction. Best of luck if you're getting involved. Uh, you've been listening to the Race Out podcast, of course, brought to you on bookmakers.com and with the tote.co.uk. My thanks to Jamie Benson and uh, Manolan. We'll catch you uh, next week. Thanks, chaps. You're listening to the Race Hour, proudly brought to you in association with the tote. Check out the tote this jump season and find out what you've been missing.